Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is pretty self-explanatory. Okay. I, a podcaster, but by no means a podcasting expert, have been designated to answer your questions in this episode. Now, if you've ever wanted to get into podcasting, or you thought that was interesting, or maybe you listened to an episode of Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain and you thought, anything really does go, let me try this podcasting thing, let's see how it goes, you got to the right place. I'm answering some questions that were submitted to me by my Instagram followers um, about what it's like to be a podcaster, how to get started, all those things that you may be considering as well if you want to get on the podcast train. Now, podcasts are really popular nowadays. They are on the up and up. Why? Because we have reached our short form fatigue era, which basically means that it is the resurgence of long form content. Now, Everything in media, everything in the world swings like a pendulum. So baby, strap in. We're going to be back to the short form content shortly. But for now, we're in our long form era, okay? And that essentially means that brands and personal brands alike, um, meaning influencers, public figures, celebrities, um, and brands meaning businesses and companies, are both launching their long form content. So that includes YouTube channels, that you're seeing a resurgence of that. Everybody's, all of a sudden, everybody's starting a YouTube channel. First video going live tomorrow. The amount of Instagram stories I've seen like that, insane. Everybody's getting on Substack or any other kind of newsletter program. People are launching their email lists, SMS lists, um, and also with that, of course, podcasts. So podcasts are really hot right now. I do want to say before I get into answering these questions, uh, it's not for everyone, just like YouTube isn't for everyone, right? YouTube is for people who are uncomfortable with being on camera but want to be, or you are really great on camera and that's what you love. You love it, video editing. This is the only reason I don't have a YouTube channel that is active, okay? I post YouTube shorts and things that my lovely editor, Grace, creates uh, for this podcast, but I don't have a YouTube channel and sense of long form videos because I hate video editing. So until I can get somebody to edit my YouTube videos, I ain't doing it. Um, podcasts, however, for me, girl, I could talk all day long. I love it. Um, when Emma Chamberlain talked about anything goes being recorded in her bed, just talking about life and stuff, same. That's how I feel when I talk about marketing with you. So I'm really, right now, recording this, I'm in my bed. I'm in my bed with my uh, 2013 earbuds, microphone up to my lips, and I am recording this as we speak. So um, I really love this medium. I can also, I also record all of my episodes in one go, meaning they are not 
re-recorded or recorded in clips, which is why you hear ums, uhs, pauses, me thinking and processing, um, because that's just my style. So podcasting for me was a really great medium. I've also considered newsletters like Substack because despite the fact that I'm an art director, I do have a strong writing background. And actually, when I first started thinking about going into advertising, I wanted to be a copywriter. So I love to write. And that's also something that I have considered doing as well. So it's about considering your skills, your strengths. And also, if let's say, like I said before, you wanted to start a YouTube channel because you're uncomfortable on camera and you wanted to get more comfortable doing that, you know, that's maybe like, something that you want to conquer or a weakness that you want to turn into a strength. Same could go for podcasting, right? Maybe you like are not particularly comfortable with this, but you want to get comfortable with this. So uh, that's what I'm, I'm going to say. I'm just going to say it's not for everybody and it can seem very glamorous from the outside, but there is literally nothing glamorous about having a podcast unless you're Alex Cooper and this is call her daddy, but girl, (laughs) That's not where we're at yet, okay? So anyways, I'm going to get into answering these questions. Like I said, these were submitted by my Instagram followers. Some of these, I did have to do some research because they have not quite applied to where I am in my podcasting journey. I'm I'm coming up on my second year. Kindly Gifted was born on July 19th. Oh, oh, she a cancer. She a cancer. Um, That makes a lot of sense. But anyways... (laughs) (laughs) let's get into answering these questions. So the first one is from Kylie and Kylie asked, where the F do I start? Girl, we can cuss here. Where the fuck do you start? I'm going to tell you. So there's a couple different directions you can go. First direction I do not recommend. And one that I did in fact go is buying a course. Don't do it. It ain't worth it. Okay. You can Google intro scripts, outro scripts, all the templates that you need to get started. It's very much, uh, podcasting is the kind of medium that like, there's not, it's not really something you can teach unless you're trying to teach people like audio production or engineering or, you know, video editing. If you're doing a video podcast or yada, yada, yada. So I wouldn't really go the course route, me personally, but if that's what you want to do, it's your choice. Okay. The first thing that I would do, this is where the fuck I'd start, is I would think about what is my ultimate goal for my for my content, right? Every single piece of content that you're create that you're creating, it's all it's a little building block. You're building Rome with it, right? And every single piece of content is leading you closer to some sort of goal or some sort of career or closer towards what you want to be known for. So Just like your TikToks or your reels or Instagram photos or whatever are all leading up to that. They're all adding up together. You have to figure out how your podcast fits into that strategy. Um, And also, like I said before, consider your strengths and weaknesses. Like a podcast may not be for you. Um, Maybe this makes you uncomfortable and uncomfortable enough that you don't want to conquer it. You're like, nah, bitch. I'm going to do YouTube, right? Or I'm going to do a newsletter or whatever. Um, so that's one thing to consider is like, how does your podcast fit into your vision? How does your podcast fit into your strengths and weaknesses? Um, how does it fit into your personal brand? Um, and, and all of that. So for example, Emma Chamberlain having a podcast makes a lot of sense, right? She was a vlogger, podcasts, her podcast specifically is basically like the audio version of her vlogs. 
They're very, very similar. And a vlogger having a podcast, not particularly deviant from their personal brand. Um, so think about what part of your brand pillars can be represented in a podcast. If you're a fashion influencer, unless there is like a conversation about like, I don't know, let's say you're really passionate about mental health or sustainability that you can have um, in audio format. Maybe I would consider a video podcast instead where you can style or maybe like a talk show style kind of show um, or having, you know, guests or whatever. Like there's, there's so many different ways you can go in. So let, give yourself the time to brainstorm and like vision map um, before you get into the, like, oh, I'm going to design the logo for my podcast and I'm going to shoot my cover, like take a step back, figure out how this fits into your overall strategy, figure out how it works with the rest of your content. And since that what you don't want is having like three different strategies for all of your content, like they all have to kind of work together. For example, if you really pay attention, you will see that a lot of my, although my TikToks certainly do not advertise my podcast. My reels, some of my reels do. And also some of my TikToks, when they are posted, they're posted very closely to some of the topics that I'm talking about on my podcast. So they're all connected theme-wise for that week or that month or whatever. Um, or let's say if I'm doing a case study, let's say about um, Julia Fox, right? I'll post a TikTok case study on Julia Fox. Maybe a couple days later, I'll post the podcast episode or vice versa. That way they're closely related to each other. Um, they can be top of mind. Maybe it, the podcast is a more elongated version of the conversation that was on TikTok and yada, yada. So I know this is kind of a long answer, but this is the hardest part to consider is like how the fuck to start because a lot of it is strategy and not, oh, let me whip up a podcast cover real quick. Like you have to answer, what can I talk about for 40 minutes? Let's say, cause you might be talking about something for 40 minutes with a guest. Right. Um, and what is something that my friends or family or myself have caught me you know, talking about over and over and over, like as if I could talk about something forever. Um, that's typically the thing that you probably are already con creating content around. Um, if you have an existing content strategy outside of a podcast, um, when it comes to technology, my strong recommendation, and this is why I do, uh, have an ad within my podcast episodes. Um, I'm sure that you've heard it at least once, um, for anchor. I love anchor. That's where my podcast is hosted. It automates a lot of the distribution for me. It's really easy and it's free to put up. Um, I record every single episode on my phone on their app as I am doing now. Um, and the whole entire process is just really, really, really easy to use. There definitely could be certain things that could be automated. Like let's say, um, something I would love to see from anchor is them automatically like auto filling show notes. Cause I still have to copy and paste certain clauses into my show notes all the time. Um, or, you know, already auto-filling like the naming structure of your episodes, but I'm sure that's coming soon. I would say this is like one of the best distribution platforms, um, out there. 
Anchor is also owned by Spotify, so they have special like Spotify exclusive features like questions and polls to Spotify listeners. Um, and yeah, like I said before, it distributes your podcast everywhere. So if you link the Anchor URL to your episode, people can click on that, find the streaming platform that works for them, whether it's Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, or anything else, and they can play or they can play it directly on Anchor if they don't have a, a streaming platform that they yet prefer. So it's really, really easy um, to use. I personally really love it. They also have analytics on there. Um, analytics in general, um, you will find comparing from like, you know, Apple podcast analytics to anchor analytics, uh, which handles your Spotify analytics as well as, um, you know, any other streaming platform that have their own analytics, they're all slightly different. So keep that in mind, but hosting wise, I think anchor is a great one to start with. And like I said, it is free 99. So, um, it's great to use. You can record on your computer. You can record on your phone. You can invite your guests to come and record audio, um, through the anchor system. Um, you can upload video because Spotify does have video podcasts. Um, so it's really, really easy to use. Again, it does prefer certain Spotify features because they're owned by the same company. Um, but it does distribute automatically to Apple and all of those things. So it doesn't ruin the experience on other platforms as well. For example, most of my 70% of my listeners are actually listening on Apple podcasts. Um, I still use anchor because I just like the functionality of it, but there are a ton of other ones. So I recommend doing your research, asking friends, asking, um, other creators that have podcasts, uh, what, they use as well. Um, God, there are so many other things in terms of like where to start, but those are probably the ones that I would consider first is like vision map, figure out where this fits into your overall strategy. How can you use podcasts to your advantage? Um, and what is the purpose of it? And does it fit for your personal brand? Cause it might not. Um, and then also, you know, looking at a distribution platform, figuring out also if you, want this to be a solo cast or a guest-driven podcast, I will say having a solo cast, uh, there is a little bit of extra pressure on having a personality for a solo cast, as well as being able to endlessly talk about something. So just keep that in mind. Having a solo cast also relies on you being a little bit more reactive, depending on the topic. For me, um, I think people expect me to have like a, like a, content strategy and everything's very much like adhering to the content calendar, knowing that I'm a Virgo. But a lot of my podcast episodes are very reactive. I'll read something or I'll read an article next day, boom, podcast episode about it. Um, I don't like to do that all the time because it does fuck with my calendar and with my plan. But um, I kind of do offset that by having episodes that I do plan and I stick to that and I don't let them deviate from the day that I assign them to. And also by having some guest episodes as well um, that fall into a specific structure. So determining whether you want a solo cast or a guest uh, podcast, guest-driven podcast, or kind of a mix of both, um, that's definitely something to consider as well. Okay, next question is from Sophia, and it's actually a perfect segue. And the question is, how do you come up with topics and how do you choose your guests? Okay, it's a little two-for-one special, a little buy one, get one, I got you. We are going to start with 
how do you come up with topics? Because it's very similar to coming up with ideas for any other content platform. Um, You need content pillars. And content pillars, I like to think of them kind of as like playlists under which you are going to file your individual content ideas. Um, So I'm going to do a little, we're going to come up with a fake show together. And that's how I'm going to give this example. It's just easier to explain with an example. But before I do, um, I want to note that content pillars are not educational, inspirational, entertaining. Wrong. Not a content pillar. Okay. I don't care what anybody says. Those are communication styles, meaning that your idea can be communicated in an entertaining way, in an inspirational way, in an educational way. You can communicate one idea in all of those different ways. However, that idea has to be relevant to what it is that you want to be known for and has to make sense to your personal brand. And that's how content pillars are able to to make that connection. Ah, that's the girl who's a mixologist who works at that one bar that is very inclusive to people who are sober. That's how people make those connections because they're like, oh, she keeps talking about this thing, right? Like, so, or that's the girl that makes boba tea at home. You know, like that's how people make those connections is when you have given them topics that they associate and themes within your content that they associate with you. So like I said, it's easier to explain with an example. So let's, let's create an example together. Um, let's assume you're a bartender. We're going to create a fake podcast for you. Um, you're a bartender. You want to start podcasting, right? Okay. So far that you could be anybody, right? There are a lot of bartenders out there with varying different opinions, right? What about you makes you unique from other bartenders? What are things that you're interested in? What are things that you keep seeing in the media that are popping up that you're like, dude, I could talk about this forever, okay? A question to ask yourself is to come up with a content pillar is one that I gave earlier, and that is what could you have a TED Talk on for 40 minutes without needing to plan it? That's probably a good indicator that you, that's a content pillar for you. If you can talk about something forever and ever and ever, that means there are endless amounts of ideas that can come from that, right? Meaning you can create a playlist titled whatever the topic is, and under that file all the different ideas and opinions and things that you can speculate on, okay? So back to our example. You're a bartender. Let's say you work in Atlanta. I'm partial because I live here. Um, (laughs) Let's say you work in Atlanta and you work at a bar where um, it is inclusive to sober people. By the way, that's a really hot topic in the industry. So that's kind of where I, why I (laughs) came, came up with that. But let's say you're you're really like passionate about that. You're passionate about including sober people in the bar scene because typically it, is very exclusive to people who drink alcohol, right? Um, If you're sober, you're probably not going to go to a bar unless they serve mocktails, which is pretty rare, but it's on the up and up, right? So if you're really passionate about including sober people in the bar scene and allowing them to have the same kind of enjoyable experience as people who drink liquor, that could be a content pillar. 
you could create so much different types of content, right? You could create content that educates people on where the industry is currently going when it comes to non-alcoholic beverages and including sober people in the bar scene. You could create an episode that names a bunch of bars that are either entirely non-alcoholic or are great places to go if you are sober. You could create an episode with another bartender or with a bar owner or with a mixologist that talks about how to create mocktails at home. So like those are all filed under the idea of the sober bar experience. The sober bar experience is your content pillar. That's kind of how you come up with that. So it's things that you care about, things that you value, but also things that you feel like you can talk about forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because you're going to have to, okay? Because <laughs> that's what you're going to file your ideas under. Okay, so that's a little bit about choosing topics and ideas for your show. The second part of Sophia's question was how to choose guests. And as a proud owner of a solo cast, I don't really have a lot of guests on the show. That's intentional. Um, I purposely did not want to go with the stereotypical strategy of like, oh, what kind of podcast should I have? I'm going to do a guest podcast because that's what everybody's doing. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to create something that was very true to me and who I am. And I wanted this show to feel like a phone call between you and me. Um, so I hope it does feel that way. Guests for me are also a little bit complicated because I would prefer to have some help in scheduling guests. I think that's one of the worst parts of having a guest podcast. And if you are listening and you have a guest podcast or you have had one in the past, let me know if you agree. Um, typically, guest podcasts don't post as frequently. So you have to be kind of a little bit more certain that your audience is going to like your guest enough to like listen and share and reshare and whatever. Um, so there's a little bit more strategy that goes into having a guest podcast because you're spending a lot of time getting them on the show. Maybe you're paying them. So it's costing you something. Um, maybe they are postponing or ghosting or rescheduling and you're having to find backups. Like it's a little complicated. So for me personally, I would rather have an assistant to help with guest scheduling, um, than doing that myself just because it ends up taking a lot of time and then I don't want to miss any episodes uh or any days uh to not post on the show so that's kind of why I primarily decided to go with the solo cast nothing to against having guests on the show I love that um I am working on uh releasing another podcast uh more on that later 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 but it will be a guest podcast so I guess I might have a better answer to that question then when I actually start having like a primarily guest podcast. But for now, I'm very, 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 very selective with guests um, for scheduling reasons, but also because I want them to be intentional about this conversation. I don't want guests that are seeing this as a press opportunity. I want guests to come on here and be like, I have something to say. I'm really interested in having this conversation. I'm really interested in being on your show in particular. Um, I have something to teach or a unique perspective. I want this to be an interesting conversation because I'm ultimately considering my, my listener. Is my listener going to like listening to this? 
And if the answer is no, I'm not having that guest on the show. Um, so I'm pretty intentional. Most of the time it's industry professionals or people that I would want to learn from as well, or people who are experts in something that I have no business talking about, like venture capital, um, or, you know, something of that nature. I'm really proud to say that every guest I've had on the show has ended up being a very close connection or a mentor or just like a really great friend. So, um, I've kept in touch with every single guest that I've had on the show, which is pretty cool. So um, I think my advice on how to choose guests is be intentional, just how you are with choosing topics, right? You're very intentional about why this idea makes sense for the show. Same thing with a guest. Like if you want to have a primarily guest podcast, right, and you come up with an idea for an episode, maybe then is the right time to look for the best guest to fit for that conversation. Or if you have a guest that you really want to have on the show, um, create a collaborative experience with them. Let them come up with an episode idea that you guys could do together. Um, I've, I've done that for guests. Every single time a guest fills out like an intake form to be on the show, one of the questions that I have on the intake form is what, what would your episode be called? And, um, that's an opportunity for them to tell me what they want to talk about. And either we find something in the middle that applies to what you would want to listen to, or we go with the topic that they propose because that is on brand for the show. So hopefully that helps to give a well-rounded picture of how to choose guests. But it also just depends, again, on do you want a solo cast? Do you want a guest podcast? Do you want something in the middle where you have guests, you know, half the time and half the time you do solo. Um, so I would start considering that first. And also what are the reasons that you would want to have a guest on the show? Like, do you want to network and that's how you want to network? I'm not going to lie. Like I know tons of people that went with guest podcasts because they did it for networking reasons. It's smart. Um, like I said, most of the guests I've had on the show or have been people that have turned into really strong professional connections for me or friends. Um, you know, or do you want to have guests on the show because you don't really want to have a solo cast? You don't want all the pressure on you. You would rather be more so of like a listener and lead the conversation with questions, but have your guest be the, the expert, not you. So that kind of depends on your strategy and it will help you assess how to best choose guests from there. Staying on the topic of guests, our next question is from Reticia on approaching guests, consent forms, etc. So I'm guessing you're um, talking about, all right, I thought of a guest I'd like to have on my show. How do I go about contacting them? And the whole legal and compensation conversation. And basically, how do I get them on my show? Right? So when I think of a guest I'd like to have on the show, my initial thing that I do is I ask myself, do I already know them? Do I have their phone number? Do I already have their email? Have I been in contact with them before? And if the answer is yes, then I use any of those mediums and reach out to them and invite them on the show, maybe propose an episode idea uh, for them to do, and then continue the conversation from there. Assuming that I've never met the person before, I've never spoken to them before, I have no relationship to them whatsoever, the last thing that I'm going to do is cold pitch them to be on my show. And I know what you're thinking, Kate, but you have a cold pitching 101 episode on Kindly Gifted. Yes, <laughs> but I don't like cold pitching when it comes to... Uh, 
asking somebody to be on your podcast or being a guest in your TikTok or, um, you know, pitching yourself to be on a podcast. I don't like cold pitching when it comes to getting guests to be on my show or guests trying to get on my show. Why? Because I've been on the receiving end of that. And you know how it feels? Transactional as fuck. Um, This is why I don't accept a lot of pitches uh, from guests to be on my show simply because most of them come from people I don't know. And I know exactly what you're doing. I work in marketing. I know that you want more press. I know that that helps you get verified on social media or further your personal brand. I get it. I teach people to do things that are very similar. So to me, it feels very transactional. I don't like it. And that's why I wouldn't want somebody to feel that way when I reach out to them and ask them to be on my show. Um, So my first thing that I do is if I don't know the person, I go through a warm-up period, right? I um, research their brand. I research their LinkedIn. I engage with their content. I, um, you know, if I love, if they're a co-founder of a brand and I really love their brand, um, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to make some sort of attempt to connect with them. A really great example of this actually is Cody Levine from Twice. Um, that's kind of how things happened. I came across his brand, had no previous knowledge that his brand existed. Um, I came across it from a mutual connection and, ended up really loving the marketing, the creative, the innovation behind the branding, featured his brand and did a dissection on my stories, tagged him. He saw it. We connected. He sent me product. I then invited him to come on the show. So that's kind of how that happened. Um, With Cody, it took a couple days. With some people, it takes a little longer. With others, it takes a day. Kind of just depends on how busy that person is, how much influence they have, um, you know, how likely they are to respond to messages, etc. So you have to be a little bit patient. And the people that are a great fit for the show um, are going to see that as well. And if they don't want to be on the show or they don't like really do press or whatever like there are certain things that you can't really control so don't be upset if a guest is like sorry no you know um so after I secure let's say let's keep going with Cody's example like once I um asked Cody to be on the show he gave me his email he gave me the email of uh, their publicist um emailed with them figured out a scheduling date that works for Cody to come on and um, have an interview with me or a conversation. I don't really like to think of it as an interview. I don't do pre-planned questions. Um, So that means like I don't send a questions to prepare my guest. Um, I love a candid conversation and hopefully that's how these episodes feel to you. If they don't, let me know. Um, But I prefer to kind of have a free flowing conversation. Um, it also allows me to help them feel more comfortable. Um, it also allows us to connect on a human level as opposed to like, you're clearly here just to get press, you know? Um, so I usually, uh, send like a already a templatized email following up from the conversation that we had on LinkedIn or Instagram or via text or wherever, um, bringing that to the top of their mind and their ultimately their inbox, linking the podcast. If I know they've never listened to it before, if they have, I remove that clause from the email. Um, 
And then I also link an intake form that they can fill out and give some information about how they'd like to be introduced because I don't want to, you know, kind of like take charge of that. I'd rather have them introduce themselves the way they want to be talked about. Um, and then link a couple of other materials, uh, consent to, to being recorded on video, or maybe they just prefer audio only. I like to give that option. Um, if they have like a specified date that they want the episode to release on, I ask them to say that if they have something that they're promoting, like, let's say they want to give me like a product code for something, um, that I'm able to share with you. Then I ask them to say that and, you know, consent to being part of a conversation that can sometimes take up to an hour. Usually my guest episodes are somewhere between 30 and 40 minutes, but I've had a conversation with guests that have lasted 60 minutes. So it just varies. Um, so the guest fills that out and then I haven't been super great about this. I haven't sent a contract to every single guest, but usually I send guest a guest agreement and that's where the guest pretty much agrees to the fact that like this audio and video is now the property of the host um, and that they're okay with that, that they consent to being on the show, um, that they understand that they're not going to be compensated financially, that they'll be compensated with exposure. That's because this podcast is unmonetized as of now. And um, also that they agree to share the show like on their stories. And I actually got my contract or guest agreement template from a friend. Um, her name is Nina Marinero. She is a lawyer for creators and online business providers or service providers. So I'll link the contract template below. You can actually use code Kate for 10% off. So that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> no pressure, but just thought I'd link it because I do use it myself. So once the guest has signed that, then we, you know, we have a date set, everything's ready to go. We record and then I edit the episode um, and publish it, send all the links to them. Again, there's a templatized email for that, kind of plug and play the links, send it and for them to share or to listen or what have you. So um, that's kind of how things go for me on that end. Some people have a more robust strategy and more robust system because maybe they're podcast is primarily a guest podcast, but because I don't do guest episodes as often, um, this is the system that works for me. Let me know if you would like for me to package up um, the intake form that I use and also any of the, the templatized emails. Um, I'm happy to do that and package it up for like, I don't know, 25 bucks or something and you guys can have it. Um, so let me know. But that's kind of how that works. Um, I think the most important part, again, and this ultimately helps when you actually have a conversation with your guest, is the warm-up period. Make sure you get acquainted with them, um, and it makes the conversation a little bit easier and more enjoyable, I think. So hopefully that answers your question. Our second to last question. There will be one more question after this, and then that's it, babes. Um, the last question is about sponsors. This question is from Maxime and it asks, how do you script slash plan your episodes? Great question, Maxime. Going to be pretty short answer. <laughs> um, so when it comes to scripting, I'm going to get that right out of the way. Um, so I talked earlier a little bit about how I come up with ideas for episodes so you can 
play that back if you'd like, but when it comes to scripting, I do not script my episodes and I do not outline them. The only episodes that I do make it a point to outline is any case studies. So the case study about Kanye West, um, the case study about Alex Cooper, future celebrity case studies and personal brand case studies, brand case studies that I'll do, those do have outlines. And that's because I don't want to parlay anything incorrectly. Um, If there's certain numbers and figures that I would like to point out or milestones, dates, um, certain lessons to take away from these businesses and people, then I do outline them into a bullet point on Notion. But otherwise, um, there are no scripts, there are no outlines. And there's a reason for that, not to toot my own horn, but doot doot. Um, I live, love, laugh, marketing, advertising, branding. This is what I do for a living. This is what I love. Um, And so all of the information that I seek out is mostly about this industry, Um, you know, my friends, professional contacts, mentors, acquaintances, 99% of them are in this industry. So or in sales or something marketing adjacent. Um, So it's not like I'm putting forth a lot of effort to like seek out information that I have no business having credibility in like this is what I do. So it's a little bit easier for me um, to justify not scripting or outlining episodes because it has to do with something that i i have a career in. But if scripting is necessary for you and for your structure and routine, there's nothing wrong with that. If outlining works better for you, love it, highly encourage it. It has been helpful for me in some episodes. Um, If you are starting a podcast about something that you don't really have a lot of expertise in, or maybe you're easing your way into learning more about it, then I recommend either scripting your solo episodes or focusing on having a guest podcast and inviting people from who you can learn from. But yeah, for me personally, I don't implement a scripting uh, strategy. When it comes to planning, I have a content calendar in Notion that also has an attached brain dump uh, list where I dump all of my ideas. If they align with my content pillars, they get dragged to the calendar. And the idea, like name, is what helps me like remember, aha, that's what I'm talking about in this episode. But the idea name and the title of the episodes are drastically different. Uh, The names of these episodes that I have in Notion are definitely less sophisticated (laughs) um, than they are on on what you see. Um, But otherwise, yeah, I uh, drag it into Notion, drag it into a designated date, and then record If the episode does not fit into the content pillar for Kindly Gifted, I then ask myself, does it fit for uh, the second podcast that I'm working on? If the answer is no, then the idea gets deleted altogether and we move on. Um, But yeah, otherwise, that's kind of it. And then I have a content calendar and, and I record things accordingly. I have recently brought on an editor to my team who is turning the the audio for these episodes into social content. So I do have to have a little bit more structure than I did previously because I'm delivering something to somebody else now and managing that process. But um, yeah, it's still a pretty loose kind of structure um, than it would be if I had like a a guest-centric episode. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how it works for me. Hopefully this answers your question. Um, (laughs) Pretty short answer, I think. 
Our final question is from Keith, who asks, what is the process of finding sponsors that align with your podcast? It's a really great question. Um, I'm going to answer this more so as a brand strategist as opposed to as a creator, simply because in my early days of having Kindly Gifted, monetization and sponsors were not the main focus. They are a huge focus this year for me. So I am discovering a lot about how to get sponsors specifically for podcasts, which is why I'll be making a separate episode with all the details that go into that, because uh, there's a lot and I don't want to make this episode any longer than it needs to be. So I'm going to speak a little bit more generally on securing sponsors for your podcast um, that align specifically with your podcast. That process is the same across every other social media platform. Very similar. Um, the ad structure and the way that you would be pitching for ad placements for your podcast is very similar to how you would be pitching for ad placements for YouTube. Um, otherwise, the alignment um, part of it is very similar across all social media platforms. So for example, um, let's say you are very much into sustainability. That's something that people know you for, right? Um, there's a really big likelihood that you're going to select brands that fit into that sustainability category, right? So my first thing that I would suggest is like, make sure that you are very clear on what you stand for. Keith, by the way, um, <laughs> already knows this because he's a client of mine, but some of you listening may not be aware of that. And so it's really important to determine your brand values and what you stand for. And that will make you more selective in terms of securing brand partners, right? And, and this is where most people would be like, well, it also makes sure that you're not just chasing a check. There's nothing wrong with money. Okay. We have bills to pay. We have businesses to build. We have a career and an empire to, to, to erect. Okay. But, um, it does become a little bit more cash grabby when, and feels a little bit more desperate. I think when a creator has not defined what they stand for and that's how, you know, they end up chasing every single ad that becomes available to them. So, um, that's what separates a creator that's like really intentional with their sponsorships versus a creator who treats their, their page or their content platforms, their podcast included as simply, you know, real estate that any brand can rent out, whether or not the creator believes in them or likes them. So um, defining your brand values can also help avoid any crisis management situations. In other words, if you're really into sustainability, but let's say you haven't revealed that yet um, and you worked with a brand that's very much like fuck the turtles, let's say in two years you decided to launch your sustainable line of uh, food storage containers it's going to be a little sus because there will be people because cancer culture is so rampant that will find that one sponsorship that you did with a brand that was like, fuck the turtles. And then that could affect the sales of your brand because it fucked with people's perception of you. So <laughs> this is what a lot of larger creators have like publicists for. Uh, not everybody has that luxury, especially earlier on in their career. So that's why you have to be a little bit more considerate of that. And having a brand strategy can help you not only align with partners that you genuinely respect and love um, and create long-term relationships with, um, but also ones that you 
that are on brand for you. Um, for podcasts specifically, I would say it's very important to have long-term partnerships with brands. So for example, I wouldn't go to some random brand that I've never worked with before and use this as an opportunity to like pitch them a pre-roll. Um, I would probably go to a brand I have worked with before on another platform and then, you know, pitch them, oh, by the way, do you also want to like snag a pre-roll on this podcast? Um, so I think with podcasts, it is better to work with brands that you already have relationships with. That way it can also train you on how to create ads for podcasts. And maybe down the line, you then start to feel comfortable with accepting placements from brands that you haven't worked with before or, or you are a little new to. Um, so that's kind of where I would first start is be very clear on on what you believe in, what your why is, what your mission is, and align yourself with brands that believe the same things. Um, because podcasts and any other forms of long-form content like YouTube, they are a little bit more intimate than short-form content, simply because people are engaging with it for a longer period of time per piece of content. So it's really there for relationship building. Um, and having a sponsor there, the, the feeling of you introducing your sponsor to your newsletter readers or your podcast listeners or your YouTube, uh, audience should be like introducing a close friend to them. Like that's in my opinion, how it should feel. That's less important for TikTok or Instagram or whatever. It could be a brand that like, I don't know, you found two days ago and they want to sponsor you and you're like, yeah, this works for my brand values. I'm, I'm down and you accept it. I think with podcasts and YouTube, um, those are more intimate channels where you have to be a little bit more considerate as to like how you make that introduction to your audience. So I hope this was helpful. Again, I will make another episode where we dive in a little bit more into like the details of podcast sponsorships because I've done a ton of research and I need to put it somewhere. <laughs> and also I think this could be helpful for us to talk about as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it answered some of your questions. If you have more, you can ask them in the show notes below um, or you can DM me on Instagram. I'm always happy to answer what I can or refer you to some sort of uh, source that can be a better um, provide better answers than I can. But overall, I hope this was helpful for you and good luck with starting your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.